Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by two entrepreneurs, Chris Beoso and Armando Pantoja. Tune in to learn more about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. All right, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast, and I'm super excited about today's episode because, of course, we got another guest on the podcast. And just a little bit about our guest today. She is the founder and host of the award-winning personal finance podcast, Yo Quiero Dinero, a platform that connects you with Latinos and people of color who are sharing their personal finance story and inspiring you take your dinero to the next level. Um, Yo Quiero Dinero is also a successful blog, and we'll definitely get into um, the whole blog world, how to start a blog, how to start a successful blog. She offers courses, coaching, and tools to help you get your pockets right. In addition, she's the first person in her family to have a business, have a master's, and to have a thriving business. And this is somebody that I pay attention to in the media space, someone that I look up to, someone that I'm learning a lot from. Welcome to the podcast, Janice Torres. How are you doing today? I know it's been a long day, but how are you feeling right now? Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. And I, I, we were talking before uh, we started recording how hard it has been for me to find Latino men who are talking about dinero, which mm. I'm just like, why? Because <laughs> I see all of these white guys are talking about it, mm. right? And so for our community, it's so important that it's not just the women who are preaching the message, but it's important for you know the men in our lives too to be able to access this information because it's life changing for anybody. For sure, absolutely, totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I was just I was telling you before this conversation, I'm like, man, a lot of the ladies in the financial space are absolutely killing it, guys. Where where are we at right now? We're down on the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's all love because I love seeing you guys killing it. And at the end of the day, we're just going to continue to support one another. Uh, but before we get into your story and the ins and out of starting a blog. You started a food blog and we don't have to get into just yet how you started it, but I'm curious, what is your favorite food to eat and cook? And you can't say Puerto Rican food. I mean, <laughs> that's my whole blog, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally biased. I mean, I love Latin food in general because I yeah. feel like even amongst our cultures, like there's so much difference there's yeah. you know there's mexican there's food from spain there's you know south american and and caribbean like it's all different but what i find that i love about our culture when it comes to food is like the community aspect that's around it uh i think everything in a latin home happens in the kitchen and so mm -hmm. that's definitely where um i find peace yeah. and you know if i'm making something latin whether that's some tacos or some mm -hmm. mango or yeah. you know some uh colombian style beans like i'm yeah. i'm all about the latin food that's where it's all at. about it yeah i love it same here same here anything from <laughs> the caribbeans i'm, I'm all for <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, mofongo is a lifestyle <laughs> oh let me let me that's that's a whole nother podcast right there <laughs> uh but with that being said you know i love to on this podcast we love to dive into your story your background and you growing up and things of that nature. We can start from the beginning and we can eventually get our way to where you're at now. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of two kids. My parents are from Puerto Rico. They met in high school and they came over to the mainland uh, United States in the 1980s. Uh, my dad's a military veteran and my mom is a high school graduate. So they were, you know, 
trying to do the American dream, like so many people who come to, um, you know, the United States. And even though Puerto Ricans are born American citizens, it's mm -hmm. not the same experience as, you know, like growing up in New Jersey or California or Florida. Sure. It's an absolutely second class citizen, you know, type of experience. Um, there's not a lot of opportunity for economic empowerment and progress. And so they knew right away, like in their teenage years, like we got to actually go in order to make uh, a mm -hmm. life for ourselves. And so they came here. Me and my sister were born in New Jersey. That's where I grew up. And, uh, you know, I think I always had this independent reb re uh, rebel streak, if you will. Mm -hmm. I was always a kid who was like getting in trouble for talking back, for mm -hmm. questioning the status quo, for like mm -hmm. just not wanting to follow the rules. And I look back at that now and I'm like, yo, it was destiny that I was meant to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because I was just mm -hmm. never meant to fit inside of a box. Where but, do you think that stemmed from? I mean, I, part of it is like the first child syndrome, I think. It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, uh, you get, I feel like my parents definitely instilled like the importance of being creative and like critical thinking and mm -hmm. just like not taking things for face value, like asking mm. questions, but I, it, it would get me in trouble sometimes, you know, like if I was asking too many questions, it's like, that's just the way it is. And yeah, that yeah, never yeah. sat right with me. Right. So I was always a good student. So education and learning was never something that felt challenging for me, which has absolutely served me, you know, throughout my life, but especially as an entrepreneur, just being humble enough to know, like, I don't need to know everything. I could always go and learn something. And uh, I got very specific instructions from my family the way that a lot of Latino kids do, especially if you're a first generation kid. I was told, get good grades, get a scholarship, mm -hmm. go to college, get a good job, you know, pick a career that's going to make you money, uh, you know, get married, buy the house, do all the things. And I was pretty diligent about, you know, following that plan because, you know, there there was nobody doing anything different. Mm -hmm. Um I'm the first to go to college, the first to work in like a traditional corporate job, the first to make six figures as a woman in my family. And it was seen as like this path to stability and security. And I think I understand mm -hmm. now why my parents, you know, were driving me towards that life, because that wasn't For something sure. that they they were able to access. Right. It was like mm -hmm. struggle after struggle after struggle. And it took them many, many years to find stability. And so they wanted what they thought was going to get me on the accelerated path, which was that traditional mm -hmm. education and, you know, getting that corporate career. So I did that. Uh, I became an engineer like my father, who was literally self-taught. You know, he taught mm -hmm. himself how to build computers and wow. he uh, learned mechanics and electrical engineering and stuff in the military. So he was able to create a career for himself by self-learning. And he definitely instilled that in me. So uh, like I mentioned, curiosity is mm. like, that's just how I operate. And it's absolutely because of him. So I followed in his footsteps in that respect of becoming an engineer. I always loved just learning how things work and understanding the ins and outs of things. And I thought I was going to be happy with the career, but about five years in, I realized like, I don't like this corporate structure. I don't mm. like living in a cubicle for eight hours a day and mm -hmm. doing the same shit every day and not feeling like I'm challenged. And mm -hmm. as, as a Latina and a woman being in environments which were predominantly male, I also felt like I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. a lot of um, 
you know, somebody's going to find me out that I'm a fraud because I definitely don't belong here, even though, you know, I had a master's degree at that point. Like there was no reason for me to feel that way other than the fact that I didn't see myself represented. And so Mm. as time went on, I kept finding that like, this is not what I meant to do, but what the hell is it? Because nobody told me anything different. Nobody told me I had another option. And it wasn't until I started learning about entrepreneurship, specifically in the digital space where you could run a business from anywhere in the world with, you know, access to a computer and the internet mm-hmm. that I light bulbs started go- to go off for me. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's actually people who are doing their own thing. They can work from anywhere. They're earning money from anywhere. They're getting to pursue their passions and they're not stuck in a fucking cubicle for eight hours mm-hmm. a day. <laughs> I'm like, that I need to mind. figure out what they're doing. Yeah. And that's where it all started for me. Yeah, absolutely. So in those moments where you're feeling like I'm not fitting in and things of that nature, did you see anybody else around you feeling the same way? Or were you just like all by yourself in your thoughts? Um, And how did you even stumble across this digital space? Like, were you just on the internet, like how to make money without a nine to five? Like, what what was the (laughs) thought process of, you know, going down that route? Yeah. You know, I found that the people who were like, I don't enjoy this, the way that things are supposed to be with corporate America and the structure were people of my age, like fellow millennials. Mm. The older folks had already bought into the system, Mm. right? The Gen Xers, Mm. the boomers, they're just like, this is the way it is. You're not supposed to like your job, like get over it, stop whining. But people my age that I got a chance to work with we're always just like this is fucking trash like Mm. there has to be something else other than this and uh i think there was that collective feeling of we are working for what and Mm -hmm. we're in debt for what these student loans for what there's just a lot of these things that we were told were supposed to be the marks of success that did not feel like success it felt like i had a chain on my leg of you know, five figures of debt from student loans. And it's like, so I got to work this job because of Mm -hmm. these loans that I took out to pay for the degree that was going to give me access to this job. It just felt very, very like intentionally designed (laughs) to keep us stuck. Yeah. Right. And so I was looking for specifically a way to turn my passion for food into a career. Mm. And I was looking online, like, how do people actually monetize like food besides a restaurant? Because I'm like, I don't want to do a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Who the hell wants to work 16 hours a day for like peanuts? Mm-hmm. Right. We, we've seen that in our community enough. That's not for the sure. vibe. Uh, I tried doing a personal chef business for a little while because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't this idea that like you could do something with food online. I'm like, wait, if you're going to do something with food, like people actually have to eat it. Right. You have to make it for them. And then when I discovered the world of blogging, I realized. I could create content that people Mm. will make on their own and I have nothing to do with it. It's just, I'm taking the pictures, I'm putting the recipe, it's out there on the the internet, folks can access it whenever. And then I ended up taking a food blogging course. It was like a 90 minute class in a local culinary school in New York City. And there was a person there who had quit their job. She was the instructor. And she's like, yeah, I make recipes. I have a YouTube channel. I get brand sponsorships. I play ads and affiliate marketing. And I'm making multiple six figures, like cooking food in my home. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do the exact same thing because this is exactly what I've been looking for. And I did not look back at that point. Mm. That's amazing. So I I know you mentioned in one of your previous conversations that at one point you got laid off from your job 
and you're given a severance package. And it's, it's kind of crazy because when things like that happen, it's almost like a blessing in disguise. Like when I hear something like that, I'm like, so like I'm hearing like God just like it's time for you to get up out of here and start on what you're supposed to be starting on. So talk yeah. about that, that transition in that process. When you got fired, was there like any fear like, damn, I'm about to jump into entrepreneurship. Talk to us about your feelings going through that process. Yeah. So I was laid off about six months after I started my food blog and I was definitely shook because it was something that happened out of nowhere. But realizing that I had had a severance package, they gave me like $12,000 and we're like, pack your stuff and go. I'm like, okay, Mm. so this actually means I don't have to rush back to work because I was always really good with money and keeping Mm -hmm. myself like from spending everything. I was always living below my means. And so I knew I could make this last. And I actually never ended up touching that money. I was able to just live off of unemployment checks uh, because I was so good with just like keeping my expenses low. So uh, I, I found myself unemployed. And instead of rushing back to find another job, because I knew I had this breathing room of about 90 days, that's when I ended up taking that blogging course. Mm. So I traveled to the city one day, you know, the course was like at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I never could have done this if I had been working. So it was like mm. perfect timing for me to have the headspace, the project that I had already started and the resources to just be able to invest in my own education and not worry about like, how am I going to put food on the table? So I spent those three months living on you on YouTube and Google, literally Mm -hmm. like blogging every day, learning about SEO and how do you get a brand partnership and what are influencer marketing networks and how do I take a better pictures in this crappy Mm -hmm. iPhone five that I had? Like, what kind of equipment do I need? And, you know, what kind of lighting do I need to to use for my photos and stuff? And so I was teaching myself how to become a photo uh, editor. And a food stylist and a writer. And it was an obsession. I will definitely say, like, I was spending eight, nine, 10 hours a day just like working on the blog. And uh, by the time I ended up going back into, you know, another job, I had already set up the foundation that was going to then allow me to continue to pursue this even while working a full nine to five job. So I wasn't able to work on it every day like I was while I was unemployed, but it was always like, we know the mission. Now it's just a matter of consistently executing, Mm -hmm. finding the time. If it has to be on the weekends, if it has to be at 10 o'clock at night, like we're going to do this because this is going to be my ticket out. Mm, I love that. So I would love for us to jump into the process of creating a successful blog for people that are looking to do the same thing. I would love for you to start with what a blog is and who is it for, I think is an important question to answer. Who are some people that should be looking to start a blog and, you know, follow potentially the path that you went down? Yeah. So blogging is essentially when you are creating written form content on a website. A blog is just a website that is structured chronologically. So the newest posts will typically be at the top and then they will be ordered, you know, in descending order from newest to oldest. That's essentially what a blog is. And what makes it different from like a regular website is just a website is typically static. So, you know, it'll have like just information that doesn't change, whereas a blog evolves with new Mm -hmm. content. So, you know, websites like the Huffington Post or Business Insider, like a news Websites are blogs because they are continuously being updated with new information as things are happening. So just some context, like most of the websites that we are reading online are blogs. And so when it comes to like who should be thinking about creating a blog, if you have important 
information, if you can teach people something, if there's a community of folks that you want to talk to, if there's something that you're passionate about, that is a great opportunity for you to start exercising your creative muscle as a content creator, right? Mm. You don't have to start with a YouTube channel, especially if you hate like the idea of being on camera. You don't have to go and start a TikTok account if like you don't want to be shooting 60 second videos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm an introvert. And so the idea of blogging was great because I'm like, I don't have to talk to nobody. Like this is just my words on, you know, a screen. Um, I'm not filming any videos. I can just like put my content out there for folks to consume without having to put my face to it. And so I actually started doing this anonymously. And I think that's one of the things that appeals to a lot of people who like, I think I want to do content creation, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not ready to hear the sound of my voice on a podcast or see my face on a YouTube video. So it's a great way for you to start exercising your voice, but without the fear of like showing up live. Yeah. I love that. So talk to us about some platform that people can create a blog on. Um, And talk to us. There's some people out there. I was like, okay, if I, putting content on the internet, how do I get these partnerships and these brand deals that you're specifically speaking about? How do I get to that point? Yeah. So the first question around where you should be starting a blog or what platform you should be using, I'm a firm believer that if you're using anything other than a self-hosted blog that uses the WordPress framework, that you're doing it wrong. So Mm. if you're starting a website on Wix or Squarespace or any of these other quote unquote page builders, those are not owned by you. You're just renting Mm. space. It's like, you know, having an Instagram, like your Instagram doesn't belong to you. It belongs to meta. And it's the same thing with like a website on Wix or a website on Squarespace. You can't fully customize those websites because they're basically renting you out the space. And so when you want to monetize specifically with display ads, which is the way that I monetize um, my food block at this point, Mm -hmm. you need to have a self-hosted website that's running WordPress because all of the major um, ad networks that will host ads on blogs require you to use that framework. Interesting. So that's number one. And then as far as like, how do we actually start making money doing this, right? That's the question. People are like, this sounds like a scam. <laughs> like I promise you the money in my bank account is not a scam, okay? Right, right. I am earning over $100,000 a year passively through my food blog Delish Delights and it is monetized with display ads. Mm. Now, display ads are basically just those little ads that you see whenever you open up a website, right? There's like a banner that shows up in the bottom, maybe there's like an article that you're reading and there's like an ad in between the paragraphs. That's what display ads are. It's basically the way that the internet monetizes content, the same way that you're watching TV and there's an ad in between, you know, your favorite show, same concept. And so uh, in order for you to monetize with display ads, you need to have consistent levels of traffic. Mm. Typically, in order to start with that, you need to be hitting at least 10,000 monthly page views consistently. So that's about, you know, 120,000 visitors per year Mm -hmm. on average. That 10,000 monthly views is going to be what opens you up to be able to apply to ad networks who will then provide you with code that you will put on your website and your ads will be displayed. The more traffic that you have, the more money you'll make with uh, Mm -hmm. display ads. And so how I'm earning $100,000 a year is because I have about 4 million readers per year. Mm. So that's, that's kind of how it works, right? You're basically, the more eyeballs on your content, 
the more money that you're making. Mm -hmm. uh, before I was able to do that, because, you know, building traffic does take time. And yep. it's one of those things that if you're trying to do it without any kind of skill set, it really frustrates people. I had to learn about what's called SEO or search yep. engine optimization. Creating content that is structured for search engine optimization is what's going to build your traffic. That's basically the science of how you write for Google to show your content to people. Yeah. So you got to learn about SEO if you want to monetize with display ads and grow your traffic. Once you're growing your traffic and once you have, you know, a consistent amount of blogs that... I feel like a blog almost serves as a portfolio for your writing skills, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like a, a resume. So if you want to go and apply then to write freelance articles for a magazine or you want to create sponsored content, like having a blog is so important because it literally shows people like what your content creation looks like. Once you have that, you can apply to what are called influencer marketing networks. Mm. These are basically just like job boards for people who want brand sponsorships. That's how I started. You have the ability to join different influencer marketing networks, and some of them will be specified for like different industries, like maybe fashion or beauty or food or travel. And then once you're accepted into those networks, you can find different gigs that you want to pitch to. And if you get accepted, then you work out like what content are you going to create for them? They'll tell you how much they're offering, when it's due, if there's a pre-draft or whatever that's due. And then once you complete the work and it's approved by the agency that's hiring you, you're going to get paid your fee. Mm. So that's, that's another way that people make money as bloggers. And then affiliate marketing is also a big one too. Instead of thinking that you need to like create your own product, you need to create your own course, or you need to offer coaching, you can actually sell somebody else's product and receive a commission. So that's what affiliate marketing is. And the same way that there are influencer marketing networks where you can find brand partnership deals, there are affiliate marketing networks that you can find these affiliate partnership opportunities. And then finding companies that are aligned with you is the next step. So uh, once you start, you know, working with affiliates, you can promote their links on your blog mm -hmm. in a newsletter. And every time somebody signs up for the product or service, you would get paid a commission. So those are three big ways that you can blog, uh, that you can monetize your blog. But I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. I go over like at least nine or 10 different ways in my course, because it really is limited by your um, ability to be creative. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of want to go back to the SEO thing real quick, uh, just in case people are confused. Essentially you know, when you're typing into Google, um, how to, uh, cook mofongo, you know, yeah. uh, your, your blog is going to hopefully pop up on the first page, what leads people to clicking on your website. Right. Yep. Um, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe some other ways people can generate more eyeballs on the website is maybe creating a YouTube channel where you're directly sending people to your website. Maybe you have a TikTok account. Um, I think a lot of it stems from like creating some type of content. Like you said, the more creative you can get with it, the more ways you can get eyeballs to your website. I think even um, I want to say Pinterest yep. would be a great way to do it as well, because you can look up recipes on there. So yep. just a couple ideas for you guys out there. Now, I'm curious for advertisers that are placing the code on your website. Do you pick who's advertising? Do you care or are you just like whoever's? willing to pay it's on there. 
So when you're setting up your account with the ad networks, you can decide if there are specific categories of ads that you would want to exclude gotcha. from being displayed on your site. So one of the things that I exclude is things like gambling or tobacco mm. or political ads or religious gotcha. ads or weight loss scam type stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can opt out of specific categories based on your own personal value system, which I think is important because sure. the last thing that you want is for people to come on your site and be like seeing random ass stuff that literally has nothing to do with what your brand represents. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit on something, you know, earlier where you said you're finding when you're doing affiliate marketing, you're finding the brands that you align with, which is very important. Yeah. All of this is like finding advertisers that you align with that you want on your platform. Um, I think it's very, very important. Now, uh, I had another question about building a successful blog. Looking back on when you were doing your blog while working a nine to five, even while unemployed, what are some practical ways people can balance working a nine to five and a, a building a blog? What are some ways that you would uh, recommend? Obviously, there's some sacrifices that need to be made. But looking back, what would you have done better? Yeah, so I think I definitely could have used more structure in my days. I am a creative at heart. And so I'm definitely like, I will allow the inspiration to dictate mm -hmm. when I decide to create content. And yes, you know, that's all fine and dandy now that I do this full time. But when you're trying to balance a full time job and creating a business, you know, whether it's a blog or anything else, you have to really put it on your schedule the same way that you would, mm -hmm. you know, going to the gym or whatever it is that's important to you has to be something that you commit to. So if you can only work on your blog like one hour a week, like make that a non-negotiable, you know, mm -hmm. don't let something randomly come up. Don't let somebody interrupt your time. Like that's your time to work on your blog. And that's it. Like it's not up for debate or discussion. Um, I think having those boundaries is really important. And then utilizing tools that can allow you to kind of maximize your effort. So one of the big struggles that a lot of new bloggers face is when do I find time to like make content to advertise mm. this blog post? And so I really like the idea of kind of time blocking where you are specifically dedicating a portion of your day or a portion of your week towards a specific activity that keeps you focused in that one lane of whatever it is you're trying to do, right? When you're trying to do a million things in that one hour, let's say that you've blocked, you end up accomplishing nothing because your okay. mind is just unable to focus on something enough with enough time to really like finish the task. So if you're going to pick one day a week where you make content, like make that the content day. Mm -hmm. If you're going to pick another day to like write a draft blog post, that's the thing you're doing for the day. If you're going to go and schedule some social media posts, that's the thing you do the next day. Um, just trying to have your brain focus on like 20 to 30 minutes at a time on a specific task will help you be way more organized and like productive with that amount of time versus trying to just like, let's see what's on the schedule today. Let's yeah. see what I can accomplish. <laughs> you know, like you need a plan. Absolutely. You need a yeah. plan. I think that's the overall message. Like you need a plan and you need some structure. Yeah. And so creating that is really important. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't make a plan, you're making a plan to fail. Yes, absolutely. As I say, um, if you guys are looking to start a blog, I need you guys to rewind the last five, 10 minutes, whatever that was, and take notes because that was amazing. Um, <laughs> I love to transition a little bit and go into how you went from your food blog to Yo Quero Dinero um, and everything that you got going on over there. Like, what was that transition period like? 
Yeah. So it's funny because I feel like I was thinking about this about four years into my journey as a food blogger that like, I feel like I'm ready for something else, Mm. but I think I was still in the mentality that a lot of us have where you must do the thing that you're doing now forever, right? Like Mm. that's kind of the message that we're programmed with as kids by 18, you have to know what you're going to study By 22, you have to know what your whole ass life is going to look like career wise. You got to go pick a partner that you're supposed to be married to for like 50 years. So there's like all this pressure to just like make a decision. That's the final decision. And like, that's what you're going to do forever. And so I think the first step for me was like realizing that I actually do have permission to evolve as a human Mm -hmm. and go and do things that I didn't even necessarily have on my radar because now I'm being introduced to new ideas. And so For me, I started listening to personal finance podcasts around 2016, 2017, because at that point I was like so done with corporate America. I I had turned 30 in 2015. So I was like, I can't be doing this for another decade. Like I will not be celebrating my 40th birthday still in this job. We're not doing it. So I literally started Googling, like, how do you quit your job? How do you retire early? And I stumbled upon some blogs and podcasts that were talking about financial independence. And I was like, wait a damn minute. How (laughs) did nobody tell me that I could be investing aggressively, that I could be building passive income streams and say bye to this job, like in my forties or Mm. in my fifties. So that for me was like, I feel like I unlocked the secret to life that I was looking for. And I was obsessively listening to podcasts every waking moment on my commute to work during lunch on my commute home going to the gym cleaning my house all i was doing consuming 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 education and the more that i learned the more that i realized i'm consuming information from people who are majority white men mm-hmm. and i could not find a voice in the latina space who was talking about this yeah. By that point, it was 2019. So I had been listening to financial independence and personal finance podcasts for three years. And I was in the shower listening to Cardi B and JLo song Dinero. And it was <laughs> like the universe literally said, Yo quiero dinero. That's the podcast. Mm. And I literally ran out of the shower, did a Google search. I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't exist. I'm going to create this. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I don't know what the plan's going to be. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't even know how to start a podcast, but I'm going to figure this shit out. And I downloaded an app called Anchor on my phone and went and sat down in my uh, closet and started talking to the phone and telling uh, stories about what I was doing with my side hustles, how mm-hmm. I was planning to pay off my student loans and become debt free, how I wanted to become financially independent. And then I started meeting internet strangers on Instagram that were also talking about this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this <laughs> is, uh, there's something here. I don't know what, but something's going to come out of this. And lo and behold, about Two years to the day that I started the podcast, I ended up quitting my uh, nine to five job, retiring my career as an engineer. And now I get to do this full time talking about money and hopefully inspiring women and, you know, people of color to just opt out of the fucking rat race because there's other Mm. options. Mm. Talk that talk. You know, I love what you (laughs) said. 
about uh, what you did, honestly, just taking action. You said, I don't know where this is going to go, what I'm doing. I don't know none of this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to make something out of it. And I think that's that right there holds a lot of people back because they want to know what the end looks like. They want to know what comes next. They want to know, how do I make money real quick? You know, but you, you didn't know. And it, even you starting, it took you two years to retire from that nine to five rat race. So I love that you took that action. And um, that's just absolutely incredible. Uh, but you said that you, you retired and now you're doing this full time. I did hear on a previous conversation that you mentioned worst case scenario, you can go back to a nine to five. Yeah. Now I'm curious why you said that most entrepreneurs would never, ever say that. And why even give yourself an option to go back to that rat race? Yeah. You know, I think it just, it makes it less scary to take the leap when you know that there is another option for gotcha. you to, you know, you guys feed yourself, you got to pay the mm -hmm. bills. Like, it's, it's not like you failed because maybe you realize that full-time entrepreneurship is not for you. It's not for everybody. It's not easy. It, mm -hmm. It's grueling. It takes a kind a certain kind of personality. And I know lots of entrepreneurs who are like, you know what? I'm cool. Like I've done this for five to 10 years. Mm. Now I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to like have a more stable income. I'm ready to have affordable health insurance. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many reasons why for one sure. lifestyle is preferred and one is not, and you can change your mind. There's no such thing as failure, honestly. Like I'm like, if I don't end up doing this for the rest of my life, I have so much to be proud of that there's nothing, there's no change in how I earn money that's going to like take that away from me. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like seeing it for what it is, if you want a stable paycheck, you want somebody to tell you what to do so you don't have to figure out every day mm -hmm. what you're going to do. Like, right. Cause I got to hold myself accountable. If things don't happen sure. in my business, it's my damn fault. Uh, maybe you need the boss. Maybe you need the mm -hmm. guidance. Maybe you just want a lower stress type of life. Uh, and you're cool with that. That's fine. I'm like, let's, there's no shame in playing this life game. However mm -hmm. you want to play it. Um, that's the beauty of, we all have a choice about what we want to do with our time, what we want to create and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I love that. You don't put your, put that pressure on yourself. Like, damn, I got to make this happen. I, I got to, I got to do it just like, no, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I can always go back to this, right? I love that. And by the way, I'm not, everybody knows I'm not opposed to nine to five on this podcast. I think there's a lot of benefits to it. And honestly, nowadays, some of these roles, you get unlimited PTO, you get bring your bring your dog. <laughs> yeah, to work, that was work not the home. world that I grew up in, y'all. <laughs> no. Gen Z is spoiled with these unlimited right. PTO days. I'm Man. like remote work. You know how much I had to fight for remote work back in 2015 when I first started asking oh for it? Like gosh. now it's like it's it's an expectation. I'm like, yo, we we set this up for y'all to have yeah. all these options. OK, we struggled. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect to my name. <laughs> uh, dope. So you, with your podcast, you put out currently over 174 episodes, Ooh. which is a lot. It's amazing. It's a testament to your consistency and your will to, and your passion really for um, the podcast. I'm curious, what are two lessons that you have learned from the podcast, from the podcast or having people on the podcast? Yeah, I have learned one that 
there is no right or wrong way to do anything in life. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many different ways that people have been able to create the success that they were looking for. And so just because it's not happening the way that you imagined it doesn't mean that a, it can't happen and b that it can't even be like even more astounding and amazing than what you imagine. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much emphasis on like, it must be done this way. And if you're not doing it this way, it's wrong. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's fresh. I've heard so many stories of people who have really just created their own path where none existed. So if Mm -hmm. you're feeling like it's too late or you didn't start at the right time or it's not happening fast enough, like you're probably comparing yourself to an unrealistic Mm -hmm. expectation that you need to just toss in the garbage. That's number one. That's big. And number two, there are a lot more people building wealth in our communities than you would know, than you would think, okay? You probably are living next to some seven-figure net worth people of color, but they're just in the shadows. They're not famous. They're not on TV. They don't have an award-winning podcast. They're not Susie Orman. They're not Dave Ramsey, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they don't have the same platforms, and so that's why we feel like we can't do it. But there's absolutely people in our communities who are business owners, who are investors, who are entrepreneurs, who are killing it. Mm-hmm. We just need to know who they are. And so that's one of the reasons why I showcase primarily people of color, because I'm like, mm-hmm. I need y'all to know that we fact. can build empires. We fact. are building empires. And you also have permission to do that, too. Mm, love that. And who is one person you would love to have on your podcast. I oh my God. Th- I need you to throw out a big name so I can hold you accountable. And when you do have that person on, we're going to reclip this. <laughs> Everybody's going to know this because I'm obsessed with him, but I need to have Bad Bunny on my platform. As a fellow Boricua yeah. who literally started his career rapping at the grocery store while he was bagging groceries and putting Mm. himself out there on SoundCloud and using social media, YouTube to promote himself. He literally has given us the blueprint for Mm. how to monetize your talents without a middleman. He Mm. took out the record label. He took out the man, like he did this organically, independently, and has become the biggest artist in the world by being his most unapologetic self. He's not worried about whether you can understand his lyrics, learn Mm -hmm. Spanish if you want to know what he's saying. And he has leaned in to what makes him different. He has been unapologetic about how he shows up for his community, right? I think we've had other people in, in, Puerto Rican culture specifically, like people like J-Lo and Mark Anthony and others who have gotten that fame, but haven't really done with it what they should have been to Mm -hmm. highlight the struggles of the community and using your voice as a platform for change. And he's like, I'm going to call out the politicians. I'm going to call out the societal issues. I'm going to use my platform. I'm going to elevate my people. And I'm also going to make a shit ton of money doing what I love and inspiring people to do the same thing. So I need him on my show like ASAP because I'm a stan. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And it, it's crazy because people are obviously they're supporting him. He's, I think, like you said, he's the number one artist in the world. I, I think I was reading that he has some crazy, I don't want to say the specifics, but you know, someone like a Drake, with his record deal, he makes like 30 cents on the dollar or something like that. And Bad Money makes like 80 cents on the dollar or something bizarre i believe so it. yeah he he he's absolutely killing it like you said he, he's not afraid of if you can understand him he's not he don't care about 
you know, whether you think what he's wearing is appropriate or not or whatever, he's just himself. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate to him. So that's dope. Um, I, I hope that happens. Let's put that sure. into the universe. Yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> what we're doing right now. Dope, dope. So, um, yeah, I would love to start wrapping this thing up um, here. Um, I would love to know, you know, what's a, what's a recent failure that you had and how did you overcome it? Ooh, recent failure. Um, I think it was falling victim to the comparison trap mm. after my first year of full-time entrepreneurship. So that was last year. And I ended up making like $400,000. And so I was like putting this pressure on myself that 2022, I need to make a million because that's just what mm. we do. Because that's mm -hmm. what I see other people doing. Yeah. And so I started off 2022 really in like grind mode. Like I need to have six figure months and I'm going to kill myself and we're going to do this. And by February, I was like, why? I'm mm -hmm. tired. I have been grinding away at starting businesses and scaling them since 2013. Mm -hmm. When are we going to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor? When are we going to just stop moving for two seconds and enjoy the success that you've built and not always have to tack on the next goal, the next achievement, the next milestone. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely burnt myself out to the point where I'm like, do I even want to do this? Because mm -hmm. uh, this is starting to feel like it's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it took a lot of introspection to realize that I was feeling that way because that's how we, a lot of us have been programmed. We always need to be working on the next thing. You can't even sit down and celebrate yourself because if you get if you stop, you're lazy, right? Mm. We can't take naps. We can't uh, spend a Saturday just doing nothing. Like mm -hmm. you got to clean the house or you got to go do errands or you got to go always be moving or mm -hmm. somehow what you've built is going to disappear. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of therapy. It's been a lot of mindset work. Yeah. It's been a lot of coaching to realize like, I'm not actually in competition with anybody. So if I want to do less than I did last year, there's nothing wrong with that. Because that probably means that I have more time for myself mm. and I'm chilling and and not feeling guilty about not wanting to always outdo what I'm doing. That was a uh, yeah, that was a big lesson I needed to learn. Mm, that's that's really interesting. I know um, I had I had gotten some good news earlier today and I'm the same exact way. Like, all right, let's go. Let's, we need more. We need more hustle, hustle. And my wife was like, congratulations on that. I'm going to take you out to eat tonight. And I'm like. That, that felt good. You know what I'm saying? Take a moment <laughs> yeah. to celebrate the good news. You know what I'm saying? And what's for you shall not pass you. You know what I'm saying? The thing that you're supposed to have, the million dollars is going to come when it's supposed to come. And the more you force it, you're just like you said, you clearly said to yourself, you're going to burn yourself out. So yeah, love that. Love that. Like I said, we can start wrapping this thing up. I want you to talk to the community about some of the things and services that you offer at Yo Quero Dinero. You know, one thing that I love about your platform is Yes, you're teaching people how to make money and things of that nature, but it's more about the freedom for you. You want yeah. the freedom to do what you want, win what you want. And it's funny because I was just reading The Psychology of Money, and it says in that book, a happy life. Most people, what a happy life looks like for them is the ability to do what they want, when they want, with who they want. And I'm like, that is 100% correct. So yeah. what are some of the things that you guys are doing at Yo Quero Dinero? Yeah, that's absolutely my mission because I fell victim to this idea that I can make 
six figures in my corporate career and that was going to make me happy. And then when it mm. happened, I realized this is not actually what I wanted. I wanted that freedom. I wanted the ability to dictate what my life looks like, what my schedule looks like, when I can go on vacation, if I can go and visit my family, you know, if I could take six months off of work, I want those options. And so that's literally what I do on my platform. I'm about teaching people how to a monetize their skills and reclaim their power. So mm. especially as people of color, we already know we're getting paid less than everybody else. These mm. jobs are exploiting our talents for less money. And so I'm like, what if you just take the job out of it and start monetizing your skills direct to mm. consumer? Right. Yeah. So taking that that skill set that you have learned in your corporate career and offering that as a service, offering that as a consultant, offering it as a coach, offering it as a course creator. Those are the things that I want people to think about, like get the middleman out that's going to keep you small and really create unlimited income by taking your skill set directly to the marketplace. And I think we see a lot of that happening with the gig economy, right? Mm -hmm. And the freelancer economy. People are kind of like, I don't want a boss. I don't want to have to ask for PTO. I just want to work for myself, make money doing what I'm already doing for work and, and using that skill set to like create the life that I want without the the structure and the nonsense mm -hmm. that comes to corporate America. So I teach folks about passive income. I teach them about financial independence, about monetizing your content. And I do that through courses and coaching. Um, and, you know, yes, it's an investment. But for me, I'm like, there's also a really big need for me to create access to information. So that's mm -hmm. why I have the podcast and the blog, because you can literally start for free learning about all of these different things that, you know, folks are doing to create income, to create wealth. And so there, there's a menu of options for everybody, whether yeah. you want to learn for free or you want to invest in coaching. And uh, I think honestly, knowledge is power. The reason sure. why previous generations of our community have not been able to build wealth is because they haven't had access to this information. And now the internet has democratized knowledge. It has democratized entrepreneurship. It has a democratized wealth building. And so now that we have access, it's our responsibility to learn and invite everybody to the party too. Because mm -hmm. who wants to be the cool, rich, you know, uncle or the cool, rich, you know, family member that has no other family members to go and enjoy this mm -hmm. with? So you want mm -hmm. everybody to be on this game. You want everybody to be on this, uh, you know, path to wealth For so sure. that we can elevate as a community. And so yeah. that's what I'm doing over at YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com. Yeah, I love that. So uh, there's a quote by Jay-Z. He says something like, over here, we measure success by how many people are successful around me, mm. right? I'm not the only one at the mountaintop. So just like how you're saying, we want to bring other people up um, and help them as well. So where can people find you? You just mentioned the website, but go ahead and mention it again. Where can people find the website, um, your social media? And I'll link everything in the description of this podcast. Yes. So you can find me all across social at Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. You can find me uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Yo Quiero Dinero podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, all mm -hmm. the places. And, uh, you know, we also have an email list. So if you want to make sure you're never missing an episode, you want to find out about when we're doing events, you want to be a part of, uh, you know, our community and stay in touch, definitely recommend doing that. And uh, yeah, you know, it's important, I think, for us to curate the environment mm -hmm. that will inspire us to level up. So whether that is, you know, listening to a bunch of podcasts or reading a bunch of blogs or, mm -hmm. you know, being on social media and following people who are doing the things that you want to do, who inspire you, it's uh, probably the most powerful thing you can do is just putting yourself mm -hmm. in the environment for growth. Um, 
so yeah, I hope that you'll do that by tuning into to the show. Yeah, absolutely. With that being said, share this podcast episode with one of your friends or family members that needs to hear this. And like I always say, this episode is one of them ones. Share this episode. It's going to help a lot of people. With that being said, it's Chris, and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>